Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mejita Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Altergott, the Chief Experience Officer at the CX Edge. Well, today I am so excited. I don't know if she knows that she's actually our first person to make a reappearance on Ooh. Mejita Talks. We have Judy Hoberman. Judy is a trainer, executive coach, consultant, speaker, and author. She has 30 years in sales, given both her knowledge and sense of humor about gender differences that we should all understand and embrace instead of feeling unable to communicate. And I could not be more excited than to welcome Judy. Welcome back. Well, I'm thrilled always to be with you, but to be your first, like, do a, do it again person like wow i'm excited <laughs> i am too and you are you're backed by popular demand i must say and um we're in our fourth year of doing this podcast and um we're Amazing. so glad to have you back so thank you for spending some time with us today um although you've been on our podcast before <laughs> and i know a lot of our members are familiar with your work i know not everybody might be so I was hoping you could start off just giving us a little bit of background and kind of how you got started in your space. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's always long stories about why people do things, but honestly, I have always been around men in every industry that I've been, and I've been mentored by the most successful men. The challenge for me was, well, there were many challenges, but the biggest challenge for me was that I was a single mom and I needed somebody that was going to be able to say to me, do it this way, and, or do it that way, not do the work for me, but do it this way and then celebrate with me or you know, give me that extra nudge. And the, the men were very successful, but they did things differently. So I went through the ranks of you know, being a producer and having three agencies of my own. I went into corporate and then I decided I was in the wrong space totally. I needed to do something that was going to be able to support other people and to make sure that they were getting the tools that they needed. So I left my corporate position. It was a big position. They were all pretty upset with me when I was leaving, but it wasn't right for me. And so I decided to start a company. And when I decided, I said, well, what would I want if I was starting all over? And truth, truthfully, it would have been somebody that looked like me. And I don't mean, you know, this looked like me, but a female. And when I couldn't figure out like, where would I find all these great women? I decided to become the woman that I would have wanted. And that's how I started my company. And that was in 2009. And it has evolved a lot. I mean, you know, if you've done this for four years, you know, in four years, you've changed things or grew different ways. And I've done that. I've gone from, you know, 100% sales to sales and leadership. I've gone from 100% women to, you know, 95% women, but I always invite the men in because they are the champions and they are some of the people that advocate for women. So I have to be able to have something that works for them as well. So really that's that's the story. I'm an executive coach, I'm a trainer, I'm a you know speaker, and I just do a lot of things online, offline, person, you know, whatever you need, I can do it, but I make sure that I'm very intentional with what I do for the right people. I tell you, I can never hear that story enough times because I think it's a, a great story and certainly an inspiration. Um, one of the things I wanted to focus on today, and I know you talk a lot about and I've heard you talk about different speaking sessions in your books, mm -hmm. different coaching sessions, um, is communication. And I think everybody loves to talk about communication, as odd as maybe that sounds, but I don't think I've ever read an employee survey or employee feedback where communication didn't come up. 
I mean, it's a constant issue in any business across any industry. And I think I've been in a lot of boardrooms where we talk about how do we improve communication? And it's kind of small, very tactical things. Um, so I wanted to get a sense from you that what do you believe is one of the biggest barriers in communication in business today? You know, there's so many, Sharon. You know, it, it, I think one of the biggest ones is probably technology overload because there's so many things coming at you so quickly and you don't know how to decipher it all the time. And, and unless you have the person that created it, you're not really sure what's going on. But to me, one of the biggest challenges for people is, you know, that they have really poor listening skills. Because if you want to be effective, not only do you have to be able to ask a question, you have to be able to listen to what happens next. Because people struggle to really listen and to be engaged with other people. And, and that to me is more important than almost anything. If you are a poor listener, you have to find a tool or some way that you can listen the best. And I know, you know, in the height of my sales career, I was in front of people all the time, all the time, all the time, because I was in financial services. And I know being a single mom that I was always worried about what's happening over there and what I have to do for dinner and what, you know, am I going to be late? But I had to really devote my time and focus on whoever I was in front of. So I used to say to people, are you okay if I take notes? They're either going to say yes or no. Nobody ever said no. But when you ask that question and they say to you, of course, take notes, you have to really be a good listener because you're now making sure you're listening to everything that they're saying and in their own words and so on and so forth. And to me, that's the biggest barrier that there is and the biggest challenge that there is in business is that people just don't listen. And if they would just listen, it would be totally different. You know, I think it's interesting that you brought up technology and I certainly agree with that. Um, and in today's world, there's so many different forms of technology, as you said, that there's things coming at you through a multitude of different platforms. And when you look at, when you talk to different employees in an organization, everybody has a different way they want to be communicated with. Even when you go to the doctor, they make you fill out a survey, do you want to receive a text or an email or phone right. call? So how do you really start to understand the different ways that individuals want to be communicated with when you lead a large company of hundreds or thousands of employees? Like anything else, even if you have thousands of employees, you need to ask what's the, you know, the simplest way to find out what somebody wants to do is ask them. You can say, what's your preferred method of communication or how often would you like to be updated on this? You ask, but you also have to observe. You have to see what people are thinking about and, and you know, how, how they want to do pay attention to what they're doing. So you can also decide this is how they want to, you know, whether it's in person or or if it's email or whatever. And it's it has to be something that you have to recognize that different generations like to be communicated differently. And in all these big companies, we might have five different generations. You know, when you're a trainer or you're a speaker, you also have to know how the different learning styles, well, this is no different. Communication is no different. I know for me, if I get a text from someone and their name is not in it, I'm not responding to it because you are not in my, you know, or say to me, hi, this is Sherry because I don't want to do that. And you can, you, you need to be flexible, but you also have to figure out like observe and ask or ask and observe. That's, that's what I, I do in almost everything because if you don't ask, you don't know. Mm -hmm. I agree. Do you think that, you know, we've gone through a big cultural shift over the last three years with, you know, everything that happened in 2020 and, and beyond that. Do you think the advent of more people working from home either full time 
or people working on a hybrid schedule has in any way negative or positively impacted communication? I think it's done both actually. You know, one of the one of the big things is that everybody that's working from home, whether it's full-time or hybrid, they rely a lot on, on you know, uh, digital things, whether it's an email or a text or in video conferencing, that's all they do. That's what they do, that's what they know, that's how they communicate, which is how we did it for a couple of years. But people got so used to it that they don't want to go out and, and meet people. You know, they wanna do everything virtually. On the flip side though, there is much, it's much more personal when you're doing a Zoom call with people, you get to see each other in your natural habitat. And while it may not always be ideal, we understand that we're perfectly imperfect. And you can't get any more authentic than having your kids screaming over here or having your cat walk across your, you know, your screen or having a full conversation and you're muted. So I think that it's done both things. I also do believe that when you have somebody working from home for three years or two and a half years, it's very difficult for them to, you know, for you to say, okay, now I want you back in the office 100%. So the hybrid at least gives them some kind of, you know, like a like an easier transition to be able to communicate. But if you're working from home and your manager or supervisor or whoever is working in the office or they're working from home, there has to be good communication. There has to be, you know, like um, weekly or daily or something kind of meetings so you feel like you're still together and connected because that's one of the big things that i do believe being hybrid or working from home a lot of people suffered from was lack of connection and connection is a basic human need so if you can't get it and you're not in person you got to at least do it this way on a regular basis yeah i agree with that i think one of my first experiences that was pre-2020 it was the first time I managed a hybrid team and not having them in the office so that I could see them, it definitely took a big adjustment. And in the beginning, I had to put something on my calendar at least mm -hmm. every week just to make sure I was reaching out to them because sometimes it was just easy to get caught up in the day to day and yeah. not follow up with them the way I want. So I think those are great points. Um, you know, kind of staying on that topic, but but shifting a little bit. I know that you are the queen at relationship building. I know you've done it throughout all of your career. And I think when we talk about relationship building and networking, it certainly goes hand in hand. How important do you believe that networking is in business today? I think it's extremely important. You have to network not only within your company, but outside of your company, because it also helps you when you're outside of your company, it identifies new opportunities for you. Maybe it's new clients or maybe it's new, you know, strategic partners or whoever it is. So when you build that network outside of your company, you're tapping into a really like a wider pool of resources, but you're also can help you promote your brand. And I, I you know, I, and I don't want anybody to say, well, I'm not, a, you know, an entrepreneur, I work in corporate, you still have a brand, and you still have to have a professional brand. So when you establish yourself as somebody that's knowledgeable, or somebody that's reliable, or somebody that's professional, that when you network about, you know, people will notice that. So and networking lets you find support that you need. Because a lot of times we need somebody to talk to whether it's internally or externally. But I know for a fact, if you don't, build that network before you need it. When you need it, it's gonna to be too late. So it's really important to start networking. I know for me, if I said to you today, you know what, Jerry, I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm old, I'm cranky. I don't wanna do this anymore. You know, I have to find something else. I have a big enough network that somebody's gonna say, did you talk to this person? Let me introduce you to this person. So I have created 
a lot of relationships because I know you build relationships before you need them, but it's really, really important to, to, to put yourself in that mode of meeting new people. They don't have, all have to be friends. They don't all have to be, you know, strategic partners for you, but you never know who that person knows and whoever you want to know, it's not six degrees of separation anymore. It's two. So somebody that, you know, you should know. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm really, um, very big on connecting people if I feel it's the right connection. I don't just connect because you need to meet somebody. I have to be really intentional about it. Mm -hmm. So how for people like me, I always describe myself as a natural born introvert that's always trying to be an extrovert. Um, And it took me a long time to get comfortable Mm -hmm. with networking, even where to go and, and how to do it. And to be honest, Mahita really was one of those first places that I went to to really start developing my networking abilities. What advice or tips do you give people that aren't really comfortable with it yet, but recognize that it's something they need to do? Okay, so you might as well just be talking to me yourself because this is me. I am like the biggest introvert that there is, and I had to develop tips and strategies for myself. Otherwise, I would not I wouldn't know anybody. So the very first thing I would tell you, whatever you're doing, wherever you're networking is get there early. Be one of the first people there. Why? Because you don't have to walk up to someone and say, hi, my name is Sherry. They walk up to you because you're already there. That was the first thing I learned as an introvert. The second thing is you have to have a goal in mind. Why are you going there? What are you what are you going to be doing? What are you, are you who are you looking for? Uh, my goal is always to meet three amazing people and I will walk up to you you have to be amazing or I won't say it. And I will say, hey, Sherry, I want you to meet three amazing women today and you're one of them. So the very first thing you're thinking is, wow, she thinks I'm amazing. I wonder why. And if you asked me why, I would need to have to tell you. So you don't make this up. But that's my that's always my goal. The third thing is you have to be prepared, okay? Not with a you know this smooth elevator pitch that you can just you know give like it's just so can. You have to have business cards or some way to capture information from somebody. And then you also have to be able to tell somebody something that says to you, they, they say back to you, really? Tell me more. Okay. And the other thing is, you know, be intentional. Don't just network everywhere in the world. Network where your people are or the people that you need to find are. So be intentional. And the other thing I want to say is um, don't hard sell. And that's a big thing in, in um, networking. When somebody walks up to you and says, you know, do you want to buy a house? Are you looking for a computer? No, I'm not. I'm here because I want to meet people. So be authentic and, and just don't be somebody that you think other people want you to do because they don't really want you to do that. Just, you know, be yourself. And the biggest thing of all is follow up. If you tell somebody I'm going to send you information by the yes, end of the day, you better send it because it's a pretest. They want to see if you're actually going to do what you say you're going to do. And if you don't, they're going to like, why should I do business with her? So. I love that. I think those are great tips. And, and I can say from personal experience, it was, you just have to start somewhere, you know, right. you just sign up for that first event or go to that happy hour and just take it one step at a time. You know, it doesn't, right. you don't have to do everything at once. And it, it's still, I get nervous sometimes going to networking events, you know, especially with the new event where I don't know anybody. Um, but I keep doing it because that's, what's going to continue to make me better. So I encourage anybody that's like us to get out there and, and just start somewhere. And the Mahita events are a great way to start that. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before the session just about 
organizing our time and all of the different things going on. In today's world, I know so many people that have so many competing priorities, asked to do more with less. Um, you know, they get through the end of their week and they know they were busy, but aren't sure they actually did anything. Um, what are some of your tips to just organizing your time to be as productive as possible? The first thing you have to do is you have to set your priorities. What are they? Identify your priorities because that's where you need to spend your time and your energy. If you prioritize things, other things will fall into place and create a schedule. I mean, you know, a lot of people use their phones for a calendar. I, you know, I, I use my computer, but I also have a paper calendar because to me, I like to see it without having to look for it and open something up. So I color block everything and whatever it is, it's a certain color and, and things that I hate to the most, I make in purple because I love purple. So then I look at them and go, okay, it's not so bad, you know, but the other thing I do is I set alarms for five minutes before any of my appointments, because if you have something on your calendar, on your, on your computer, and it sends you a message that, okay, you know, it's time to do this, you have to be on it. But if you have an alarm, you know, okay, I've got five minutes, so I have to keep going. So I always do that. And people go, I never thought of that. But yeah, that's a really easy one. The other thing is you have to learn how to say no. You can't say yes to everything because otherwise you're saying no to something really, really important. And, um, and then the other thing to prioritize is don't multitask. Do something and completely finish it and then do something else. So there's, a, you know, there's all different, um, time management apps and whatever, but I always say, you know, start with your priorities, but here's a really good one that I do. And I, I always recommend it. Have you ever heard of the Pomodoro technique? No, I haven't. Okay. Pomodoro means tomato in Italian. So I'm not really sure why it's called Pomodoro, except that they, you have to use a timer. So they use a tomato timer. Um, but what you do is you sit down and you start to work for 25 minutes. Your timer goes on for 25 minutes. And it doesn't mean you're first starting to get ready to start to work. You have to sit down and do whatever it is for 25 minutes. When that um, timer goes off at 25 minutes, you have to get up from your desk and you have to do something for five minutes. And then you come back for 25 minutes. You'd be surprised if you did like three or four of those in a row, how productive you'd actually be because you're really focused on finishing something in 25 minutes or getting a lot of it done. So, you know, I just try to keep my priorities straight and make sure I get done what really needs to get done first. That's a fantastic tip. I'm definitely going to, I'm going to try that one out this week for sure. I like that. The Pomodoro. Pomodoro, tomato. I don't have a tomato timer. But it's okay. You can just use a timer timer. Um, so I was so excited to hear that you partnered with Mahita again to do another yep virtual women in industry series this one's on standout communications mm -hmm. and i was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about what people can hope to learn from that upcoming series well we've just talked about how important communication is so it's it's like the perfect thing especially for you know the, the women of Mahita that really can use something about communication because we could all use it so it's a four-part virtual series and it really is going to take you to weave you through communication, thinking outside of the box, making intentional choices, like I said. We're gonna talk about your personal brand and building relationships. And you know, you wanna be able to stand out from your competitors and you wanna be able to stand out from 
you know, anybody that you need to stand out with. People should know who you are. So we're going to be able to talk to you about how to network with intention, how to, you know, communicate all different kinds of strategies. And you'll understand the importance of asking questions and then listening and the importance of, you know, communicating with different generations and, and different people and, and how to build business and relationships and build relationships in business. So it's, it's going to be awesome. I love Mahita. You know, I love Mahita. And so when we put this together, I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't wait. Unfortunately, it's not tomorrow, but it's coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait. And I've attended the last few virtual series you've done, and they've been fantastic. And I've taken something away from all of them. Um, mm -hmm. So if you haven't attended one in the past, make sure to sign up. You can <clears throat> sign up at Mahita's website. It's mahita.org. Um, it's coming up in May. So go ahead and get it on your calendar and set those alarms because I'm sure it'll be fantastic. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you'll walk away with more tips than you know what to do with. So thank you for doing that for the community. It really is a great educational, um, continuing you. education strategy. I am honored so, and privileged. Judy, I don't know if you remember because this is your second time. I do. But we do have a lightning round. I know. And this is your second time doesn't get you out of it. It actually made I, I made the questions a little bit more challenging. Oh, I, I'm like I'm sweating already. Go ahead. <laughs> so you're ready to enter the lightning round. I'm ready. All right. First one. How do you celebrate a big win? I do something with my family, but something that means something to me. So it could be, you know flying to see my kids or um yeah it's just something big but it has to be something that's important to me but it, it usually involves my family would you rather have regrets about actions or regrets about inactions oh inaction yeah definitely how do you order your eggs um i like them soft boiled what do you wish you learned sooner? Um, that I didn't have to be perfect. It took me a long time to figure that out. <clears throat> what is the lamest dessert that people try to pass off as a dessert? <laughs> uh, Fruitcake. What would be your walk-on song when you enter a ring? Oh, I've had so many of those. Um, let's see. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's solid. What would you get, get tattooed on your body for your 80th birthday? I can't get tattoos. It's against my my moral compass. But if I was going to get it when I was 80, I would say um, a little tiny heart. Tiny. Tiny. How do you handle it when you forget somebody's name at a social or work function? Well, if I don't have anybody next to me that knows who that is, I just usually walk up and I go, hi, I'm Judy. Remember me? And they go, yes, I'm Susie. Remember me? Yeah. So that's how it usually works. <laughs> That's a good one. What's something you could eat for a week straight? Sushi. I just took my daughter this weekend for sushi. Yeah, it's fantastic. Nice. And finally, what has been your favorite age so far? 
right now. That's my, this is my favorite age right now because I'm, I, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be finally. And I have, you know, a really good family and really good friends. And yeah, I think it's right now. Well, awesome. We're glad to experience that. With yeah. You. So you made it through your second lightning round. Congratulations, It wasn't too bad. Um, that sadly brings us to the end of our podcast, but I will see you again in May. Yes. Um, do you have any parting words you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would say, you know, always take a chance, even when you feel like you shouldn't do it, take a chance because you never know what the outcome is. Most people say, what's the worst that can happen? I always add on what's the best that can happen. And if you're not following Sherry and all of her posts, you better be doing that because I am telling you, and I said this before we went live, that a lot of times when I see it in the morning, I'm like, she is in my head. So uh, she's, she's, you're very special. You are like a super rock star. So. Well, thank you so much for that, Judy. And thank you so much for spending time with us. Um, I'll see you, like I said, in May. Again, make sure you go to Mahita's website. All the information is there to sign up for Judy's um, virtual series. So thank you again, and we'll see you all next time. I'm your host, Sherry Altergott.